Welcome to your score podcast, Illinois edition. And then there was one. The Quad Cities down to one local team, our area, I should say, down to one local team, still live in the high school playoffs. It is Sterling. So we still have plenty to talk about. Greg Armstrong, Brian Stocking, and myself. And guys, before we start talking about Sterling, their game last week, their game this week, and, and, and all that. First and foremost, hats off to the Sterling volleyball team. What a special Saturday it was for Sterling High School. A, a thrilling victory, a walk-off victory for the football team. And then the ladies go down to state and they win the school's first ever state softball or state volleyball championship. Just the second state championship in school history of any kind. So congratulations to Sterling. What a fun day. What a it's it's a great time to be alive if you're a Sterling Golden Warrior. Almost a magical day. You know, the football team struggled for most of the game. Then they come back and win the game in dramatic fashion. Then they go down and watch Sterling volleyball, who was just dominant the entire season. Yep. The way they won it was the way they had done the entire uh playoff rounds and in, for most of the season, just dominating fashion. They're a great volleyball they team. They didn't lose a game the entire postseason. I think they lost just six games, not matches, but games all season. So congratulations to the Golden Warriors, and best of luck now to the football team maybe trying to to, to match that accomplishment. I know one step at a time, but Sterling, Greg, back in the state semifinals once again. Yeah, quickly, you know, just to piggyback off what you guys said, that volleyball program was a – team a program that I covered a lot you know when I was working here at WQAD and it seemed like it had been building up and building up and the program continued to get better and I was covering them in regional sectional super sectional and now to you know to see where they're at mm -hmm. uh, coach Dykeman and that program is just really done phenomenal things and it's cool to see them cap it off with a state title and it was cool to to see the fans in full force and a lot of them making the trip across, you know, the, you know, through the middle part of the state there to get down there for it. So anyway, yes, uh, amazing day at Sterling High School for the football team. A you know a walk off uh, you know field goal at the horn to win it to send them into the semifinals for the second year in a row, ten to seven over Boylan. Uh, you know the problem is uh, Dazzo is that me and you went to Orion. I yes. texted you early in the morning and said, hey, I think I have some availability this afternoon. I'll just make the shorter trip to Orion with you if you're going to you go. You messed up. I made the, yeah, I think I made well, the, I no think, offense to Orion, I, I, think I made you, the wrong choice. I, I, I think <laughs> you picked me over Corey, which is the correct decision. <laughs> but football game-wise, you picked the, maybe the, the lesser of the two because, and we'll talk a little bit about the other three football games in a second of our local teams and, and kind of talk about their fantastic seasons that came to an end. But, yeah, I mean, a, a special game. And, and we you, you know, Greg, we were sitting on the sidelines, and while we're shooting an Orion game, we had our phones out nonstop. And it was kind of fun because we had five media guys huddled around my phone when um, when Sterling was going to quick kick that game-winning 22-yard field goal, and we were following Eric Ingles, I believe, and and they kept calling timeouts, so we just kept refreshing, and we just kept refreshing, <laughs> yes. we just kept refreshing, and everybody wanted to know what happened. So um, a, a great game, and, and and a game that Sterling's been known for so many years to sco score so many points, and, and they've done it again all season, scored a ton of points, but this is one of those times where the defense, which has been good all season, and maybe overlooked all season, kind of came up to the challenge because, boy, that offense struggled early in that game and, and throughout most of that game, but when they needed drives late in the game, they 
They got a, a drive late in the for, or middle of the fourth quarter um, to, to tie it, and then they got that drive that, that, that gets, sets them up for the field goal to win the game. They got just enough offense, but that defense pretty special throughout the entire game. Yeah, I was in Ames up in the press box at Iowa State or for the brawl in Ames uh, <laughs> that occurred, and you know we start, that game started at 240. And the Sterling game was kicked off at once. So I'm sort of keeping up on the early part of it and, you know, hitting, going every 20 minutes to look. And it's like, still scoreless, still scoreless. I'm like, oh, wow. It's a defensive uh, Donnybrook. And then all of a sudden later on, I see 10-7 Sterling wins. Here's the thing. Boylan did not, who averaged 38 points a game, did not score an offensive score. That was a special. There, no, scoop th- score. Defense, it was a it? defensive score. They picked up a fumble. And ran in for a touchdown. That was their only score. And that almost was the only score for the whole game. It, uh, Sterling didn't score till there was like five, six minutes left in the game. Uh, uh, Nigel Bruce touchdown to tie it. And then they get the game-winning field goal with a gun. Credit to Sterling's defense, like we've talked about. That's a huge effort from them. Uh, some of the highlights I saw posted on uh, the SHS Golden Warrior Twitter account um, on Sunday or Saturday night um, on a third and 13 on um, late in the game, Boylan had possession, and they went for, um, you know, a little reverse uh, toss back the other direction. And, man, just a huge play from Isaiah Ryan. He cut through, I mean, knife straight through the line. And <laughs> no offense to the Boylan lineman, who I'm sure is not listening, but literally you could see him, like, do a double take and realize, like, whoa, that guy just blew right by me. And then Ryan, you know, gets into the backfield for the tackle for loss. That stops him on that drive. Uh, Sterling takes over. They get a huge um, run, I believe, from West um, from Willman. Yeah, Cooper uh, Willman, quarterback had... run, which then set him up in the you know in good field goal range, and uh, Davila hit the hit the field goal, hit the game winner. When you look at it, we we talked last week about how Sterling so high powered, especially in the first quarter, scoring all those points, and and then you look at not just the fact that it was a defensive a struggle and a battle, but those last two drives, the the, the game winning t- or the tying touchdown drive. 11 plays, 72 yards. So it wasn't one of those quick hitting, big play, big play, yep. big play. It was a methodical work the ball down the field. Then they get the ball right back in that game-winning play drive to get the field goal, 14 plays, 71 yards. Big big third down conversion after big third down conversion. So it, it just impresses me that Sterling, who's been so high-powered and maybe hadn't had to work that hard for, for some of these touchdowns all season, they can beat you with the big play, but this proved that if you're going to slow it down, if you're going to play a defensive battle and all that kind of stuff, that they can win those games too, and they got the points when they needed them. Well, and I think we look back to last week and the week before when we were talking about you know, Sterling's had some time to get rested, but they're not playing tough games. You know, They're really rolling through these playoffs. This was very reminiscent, if not exactly like the game at Rochelle, where when push comes to shove, your offense has to execute. Yep. You have to make the plays when the chips are on the table, and they've done it. They've done it now in two separate games, once in the regular season in that Rochelle win, and now once in this Boylan win. Man, I just I really like the direction that Sterling's heading, heading into the semifinals. Quickly looking over some of the team statistics from that, um, from that win, the defense just talk about this effort Boylan was held to 70 yards total 70 yards total that's crazy five first downs the entire game so I mean just a tremendous effort you know on the other half um, on the other side of things um, Sterling had 298 yards total on the ground they had 200 uh, 208 so you know just a great effort on both sides of the ball and that's amazing when you look at Sterling had more three and outs than Boylan did. Sterling had four three and outs. Boylan yeah. had three three and outs. 
So it was uh, quite amazing that they were able to yeah. roll up those stats. But, you know, you talk about the end of the game, and like Greg said, I was when you were talking about the length of those drives at the end, it reminded me of the grit that they showed in that Rochelle game. You know, 7-0, and they were 7-0 going in that Rochelle game. They had to do, they had to do it. They did it. Granted, they lost to Sycamore a, a week later, and they haven't been really tested. But that game with Rochelle, that was in their memory of this is, this is backs to the wall. It's now or never. And they did it, and they are going on to the uh, state semis. Well, it's the type of program that have been in big games so often over those last several years that they weren't worried. They weren't, they weren't concerned. Sort of muscle there, memory. Yeah, been there, done that. This yep. is what they're used to. On the other side of it, Rockford Boylan, ha- I mean – I haven't been there that much. Nope. So, nope, not so I mean, that was one of those things where, while maybe in the fourth quarter when, when nerves and, and anxiety kind of comes into play, Sterling's kind of used to that. They've been there. They've done that. They made the big plays when they count. And not just the, the players themselves, but that coaching staff. I mean, yep. that coaching staff has been there. They've seen it. They've done it. Coach Schlemmer and those guys kind of telling those guys on the sidelines, relax, we have this, we're right in the game, all that kind of stuff. It starts from the coaching staff and works its way down. Uh, fantastic job by the coaching staff getting things ready and and, and getting them ready to go, and, and great job by the players and executing, especially late in the ballgame. Great execution by the kicker and the entire kick uh, procedure. We should say his name. Uh, Eric Devilia yeah. was the kicker, and I think Cooper Willman snapped it. I forget oh, wow. who the holder was, but great work in the in that entire kick procedure. And Devilia having to having to wait because, as you guys said, there were timeout, timeout, timeout. Yeah, trying to freeze him. Trying and it was cold. Trying to freeze him. Trying to get you know. And remember, these guys, these kids are junior, are junior seniors. If not freshman or sophomore in high school, you know they're 14 to 18 years old, nerves and everything, and, and he and he knocked that kick right through. Um, we said his Great name. Job. We said his name once, but um, I just saw another stat on uh, on Twitter from over the weekend. Isaiah Ryan had 10 tackles total, three tackles for loss on defense. So that's just a huge effort. I mean, especially that one coming late in the game. It's just. Um, you know, great effort by him, and uh, you know, obviously the kicker Eric Davila uh, coming away with the game winner there. Yeah, fantastic job by Sterling. A uh, great momentum moving into the next round, and 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 here you go again, another state semifinal game at home. And, and boy, I just you had that feeling last year with Chicago. Well, Chicago Phillips came into town. Mm-hmm. Correct. That that was that state championship game. I don't know enough about the Southern bracket to know what's going on with that. But, boy, this seems like a very – it's going to be a great game because we'll talk about Montini here in a second. It's a win. I mean, Sterling has everything they want, a home playoff game to go to state. If you're if you're Coach Schlemmer and the Golden Warriors, this is exactly what you played the regular season for. This is exactly the situation you wanted to put yourself in, and now you have a huge opportunity on Saturday at 2 o'clock to, to do something and to, to make the state championship game uh, for, for the, your school and your community. You know, uh, we – We've talked on previous podcasts about how in Iowa the semifinals are at the dome. The semifinals in Illinois are at the team. Are you know they they it's like the rest of the playoffs. It's determined by seeds and home which games. still isn't perfect. Which isn't perfect. But here's the thing though. Here's the thing though with that for Sterling, this is the intangible that maybe gives you that the advantage because both teams are pretty equal. I mean, Montini's very good. Lombard Montini's very good. Sterling's very good. You know, they're pretty equal when you look at, you know, when you match them up. But that intangible, being at home, the 12th man, 
Sterling fans are going to turn out in droves. They turned out in droves for their uh, for volleyball last week and football. They're going to turn out in droves for this game. That might be the intangible advantage that gets Sterling over the finish line this year. Yeah, I think that um, obviously you love to be at home. The same thing we talked about last year when you had that game against Phillips, the team that was playoff tested and a team that was not going to be intimidated. You want to have that home field advantage. This is the same story, if not even multiplied. I mean, Lombard Montini has won, I think, five or six state championships. They're here every year. They're, they're always a part of the discussion this time of year. Their team, their players, their coaching staff, they expect to be here. They're not going to be intimidated. That being said, Sterling is a team that is right there too. They haven't, they're ready to make the next step. They haven't been there yet like Montini has been. But for, every, for all intents and purposes, they're not going to be phased either being at home. They're going to be ready to knock off one of the big boys. And I think last year against Phillips, they came close. And I think they have an opportunity again this time around to, to do it. Montini has the tradition. Sterling wants the tradition. And that, I think, could be the determining factor. That Montini's done it before, but Sterling's like, this is our time. This is our chance. I think that gives the advantage to Sterling. Stocking, have you ever thought about giving the pregame speech? I don't think Coach Schlemmer will let you do it because he's really good at it. Yeah, he's probably better than I am. (laughs) But the way you start pounding that table, you get pretty excited sometimes. I get get wound up, let's put it that way. We'll talk about Montini and what people can expect. Montini comes in 11-1 of the season. Their only loss of the season was... Boy, I want to say is week eight, is if my math is correct on there. But to Chicago Brother Rice, who's twelve and zero, yeah, very good team. Yep. Chicago Brother Rice has outscored their opponents this season four hundred to sixty nine. So a very good team. You look at Montini; they're still in the playoffs, aren't they? Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. If you don't lose games, you're you're going to stay in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. four hundred. Lombard Montini has outscored their opponents four nineteen to one hundred eight, and of course, of that one hundred eight, thirty one of them came to Brother Rice. So the, the similar part about that is when you look at it, is that both teams have been impressive all season, and both. Teams teams had a clunker both teams had a, 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 a mm-hmm. when you talk about the sycamore game against a very good sycamore team and then also you have brother rice beating a lombard Martini. i think that was week nine yeah which is kind of the same thing as uh, yeah which is the same yeah. thing as, as sterling both teams kind of lost their last game of the year against very good teams on the road although i shouldn't say that because it looked like it looks like montini lost at home but with that being yeah. said um <laughs> it's close it's close yeah, this postseason woodstock north they beat 42 to seven they beat sycamore 21 17 which i know greg has more on very interesting game yep so the common opponent is is sycamore mm-hmm. and then of course uh, evergreen park last week they beat 54 to seven very impressive on the road at evergreen park this team is a very good football team and, and you have that common denominator is sycamore um of course sterling losing to sycamore on the road in week nine and then um montini beating sycamore um, in the playoffs in round number two. And a very interesting game. Am I right, Greg? Yeah, I was going back and kind of reading some of the articles from that game. Um, now, of course, I can't find it when you when you tell me the. I kind of gave you the heads well, up. I, didn't, like, <laughs> I even stalled I a little no bit. no yards in so, the first half. Yeah, so um, Sycamore dominated the time of possession, which I, I think is very interesting. You start looking at Montini had seven plays total in the first half, getting no yards. They had just two three and outs, and then they took a knee at the end of the half. Wow. Their only points in the first half were a special teams uh, kick return or a punt return. So 
they got the job done. I mean, they, they, you know, special teams, you know, scoring all three phases. They got the job done when they needed to on special teams, but Sycamore shut them down and Sycamore controlled the ball, which is huge. I think if you are um, Sterling, I, I think you got to look at that as a recipe to see how did somebody, you know, control them. They, that's, they, they controlled the ball. And I think when you start looking at, um, Sterling's offense, we're so used to seeing the big plays, you know, the big breakaway plays, the big, huge passing plays. But, you know, truth be told, like, Sterling's not going up against LP anymore. It's a different ball game now. So I think if you can play that ball control offense, man, and don't get me wrong, scoring quickly would be great. Yeah, but, absolutely. You know, if, if you can, you know, utilize an effective passing game, do what you do on the ground so successfully, if man, if you can control the type of possession like Sycamore did – they just they ran out of gas and they couldn't keep it up in the second half. Sure. But they certainly put in one great effort of football in the first half. But the other thing is you got to score on those long drives. I don't th- absolutely do not cash in. in That's those, true on those drives. Sterling, I think, can cash in if you like the like Dazzo said earlier. Eleven plays on the touchdown. Fourteen plays. I fourteen think, on plays the field on the field goal. That's you are cashing in on those drives, and I think if Sterling does that. It, and Montini has another half like that, it's not going to be another Montini success story. It's going to be a Montini sob story because Sterling will roll them. <laughs> I All love right. it. I, he's just – his sayings and – nobody's Katie barred the door yet. No, nope, no. Nope. We, we're getting there. It's a sob story. A it Montini could be a, sob story. That could yes. be the headline of the newspaper. Yeah, mm-hmm. they can, Sock Valley can steal that if they want to. <laughs> yes. But, um, yeah, obviously – and, boy, we talked about atmosphere and being at home, and we'll get to Montini a little more in a second, but – but hold on, let me grab my phone. Okay, sorry about that. So popular, yeah, something like that. Um, but the the home field advantage and, and being at home and a team that did this, they've done this so often that they did it last year. But like we've talked about, Montini, it's a story tradition. I remember going up to, to Montini, boy, three four years ago against Geneseo. Yep. And Geneseo went there in the state semifinals, and and they they rolled past Geneseo. I also went to Portillo's afterwards, but they <laughs> and, rolled and, you, past. and you rolled through Portillo's. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the only thing that that was done was the more dominating performance was me at Portillo's. I mean that was pretty impressive. But um yeah, so it's just it's a great matchup on paper. It's a great matchup when you look at history and you look at the two schools and what they're going through and what's it just it's one of those things. It's it's a coin toss. And last week. Um, Sterling did turn the ball over a few times. Yep. And, and I think the team, I know it's so cliche and it's such a, it's almost slaying. I think the team that scores the most points wins, but like it's, if the team, the team that doesn't turn the football over and doesn't make mistakes. And that all wins ties into, game. that all ties into that control and possession, you know, controlling the ball. This is a, this is a low scoring game. Am I, are we in agreement or is this, does this get rolling a little bit? I think it's very similar to, um, it's, it's not last week. No, no, no. Not I was going to say, I was going to lean more towards that Sycamore final. 21-17, Montini won that one. I think you see a, a, a football game like that. Sure. I think it's going to be, I think the 21 might be a little low, but I think that's what one of the, at least one of the teams will hit 21. What I do think is, um, you know, maybe it's a positive you draw from. Last week was such a great effort on defense, like we talked about. Boylan used, utilized two quarterbacks, similar to Sterling. Uh, Montini also utilizes two quarterbacks. 
So I think if you're drawing up defensively, it's a year and two quarterbacks. I know, isn't it weird? Yeah. It's a very interesting dynamic that Sterling and, and is. The funny used. part is, usually you have that old cliche that if you have two quarterbacks and you don't you have, have one, that's not the case for Sterling, and obviously it's not the case for for Montini as well. Nope. Montini's using uh, two quarterbacks: Deontay Bell and Robert Brazil. Um, and then they their big running back is uh, Nick Fidanzo is an Illinois recruit. Um, let's see, was it? Uh, a couple weeks ago, 164 yards and three touchdowns. And in the game the other day against um, Evergreen Park, what did he end up having? He had a huge day. 63-yard um, touchdown. And then, um, yeah, he's had a big day. I can't, I can't find his overall numbers there, but he had a big day in their win over Elmo, uh, Evergreen Park. We also know from experience that the stage is not going to be too big for Sterling. Sterling has played on the big stage the last several years at DeKalb when they were unbeaten. Up in Chicagoland they played. They played a team from Chicagoland. A lot I mean, of their games. They played have, last year in the state semifinals at home. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I mean, mean, there's no bigger stage than what yeah, they did last year. Yeah, what I'm year. saying is there is no – there. it's not – Sterling's not going to be intimidated by being in the state semis. This is not a stage that's too big for them. I think Sterling wins this game, I'm going to say, 24-19. I love it. He doesn't even no segue needed. He yeah, just rolls gonna, straight it, into his prediction. You know what? Usually on these stockpile, I like to do the like bring everything together, kind of wrap <laughs> things up, and say, "All right, boys, time for a prediction." And you don't even you're just like, "Then there it is." To be fair, I mean, he's just getting you know he's getting used to this, this is podcast. Week one. Yeah. This is this is only week thirteen or <laughs> yeah. whatever we've been doing here. So um, yeah, but we didn't do many predictions in those first. Few you weeks. did plenty of yeah. predictions this year. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, so 24-19 is what you have. How does it get to 19? Uh, they score a touchdown and then miss a couple of uh, point afters. Okay, okay. There you go. I just love how how do you, oh, how do you come up with your prediction scores? Just whatever the brain tells me. <laughs> no, I don't even have a comeback. Yeah, I don't just... know. Um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Armstrong, what say you? Uh, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm saying that Sterling's going to a state championship game. I think that it. Uh, I think around the state, people view it as an upset. I think we maybe know a little bit better than that. But um, whew, scores are always tough. Let's go. Oh, you don't have to do the score. I mean, you can <laughs> if you want to. That's great. But I mean, the name the of the show. Just shut your eyes and what comes to your brain. <laughs> <laughs> what does your brain tell you? <laughs> Get back to me. You go. All right. I think it's uh, it's uh, 24-21. Sterling moves on and they head to the first state championship game and I, I just love Can the I fact say that, that too. That's what I was yeah, absolutely. All right, get on the go. get on board. All right, um, and when you look at it, like I think what happened last year sets them up for this year. I don't. I, I, I don't agree. see. Yep. Yeah. I don't see them losing two state semifinal games at home in back to back years. I think this is the year they get over the hump. It's not Chicago Phillips. Montini's a fantastic football team, a very good football team. But I think we knew last year. One, that that was a state championship game, but we knew that Chicago Phillips was really, really, really good. We knew that all season. Yep. There wasn't that team out there this year that, that that I think we sat around and talked about and said, boy, I mean, Sterling's going to eventually play this team or that team. There wasn't that big dog out there that you knew was coming down the line. So while Montini's a fantastic football team, great tradition, and obviously a great resume coming into this game, boy, I think Sterling's just as good. And they're getting healthy Er, at just the right time of year. You got to mm -hmm. remember what they did this year without some players yep. um, on both sides of the football. Now, if they can continue to get healthier, and and I think you kind of kind of see something. And boy, the town of Sterling's just been on fire. The city of Sterling's been on fire lately. Last weekend, it's the volleyball team. I ain't betting against goal. I, I mean, I don't bet. Period. <laughs> but no, I'm not laughing. No, but I mean, 
I'm not gonna. I'm not picking against Sterling. No way. Um, I just, you know, you kind of just tied it in there real quick. You know, talking about the volleyball team. We said when this podcast started that that volleyball team has been kind of rising up. Mm-hmm. They've been improving. That program's been, you know, they've been putting themselves on the map. The football team's been doing the same thing almost at the exact same time as the volleyball program has. You know, the two fall sports are both kind of, you know, those fall sports are rising up almost together. The volleyball team just capped it off this past weekend. I think that football team follows suit. How how perfect is that? And the fact that they're winning in in fall could bode well for a lot of other Sterling sports throughout the year. That that taste of winning, that expectation we will win this game, could very well impact other sports that Sterling has. He's getting, a team in Milledgeville. He's getting, <laughs> he's getting a little philosophical on yeah. us, but. And here's here's the other thing though, Sterling teams haven't struggled in very many sports recently. Yeah. They've been pretty good across the yeah. board, so yeah. they know how to win. I think regardless of sport. Yeah, but um, we'll just add to that two two o'clock game in Sterling. Um, we'll have it covered from every angle. Um, we'll also have some. I believe uh, we'll have a little mic'd up as well. John Schlemmer is one of the best in the business, so he's been nice enough and agreed to uh, do a little mic'd up with us. So it should be a fantastic football game. Really excited, and hopefully Sterling can bring back or can advance to that state championship game. Put us to work on a Saturday in, in on Thanksgiving weekend, which hasn't happened yeah. in a long time. A Saturday because it's a five A team or, or bigger, and that we haven't, like you said, we haven't been going down to state nope, at all no. lately. Um, it's been a dry so, spell. Yeah, so let's see if we can snap that dry spell and get get into the wind column. Uh, my travel plans are set. I will be in Sterling for kickoff. Nice. Yeah, are you going right. with us? Or you, are you going with somebody else? I, I don't know yet. I, if, I mean, if you got a spot yeah, in your car, maybe yeah, we, can we can make can that work. Or yeah, uh, are you, you know? man, alive? Well, you can get in the car, listen to the podcast <laughs> as we drive up. <laughs> this is going to be great. So um, as we talk about uh, Sterling and we wish them the best of luck, we do want to talk and congratulate three teams from the WQD viewing area for fantastic seasons last week. I don't want to harp on losses or, or talk too much about them, but um, we'll start in 3A in Monmouth-Roseville with a great, great game, a great, great season, a historic season for them making the state quarterfinals the best they've, they've done in school history, and they were a late touchdown by Hersher away from from going to the state semifinals for the first time in school history and taking on Byron. So um, hats off to Jeremy Adolphson, what he's done with that program. And, and when a team does this and has a special run like that, this it's something that you can remember the season for a long, long time, but it's a program builder as well. And yep. and Coach Adolphson's been doing a fantastic job. We kind of talk on these podcasts, and we, we, we kind of reference the same coaches, and there's a lot of them, but as teams continue to get better throughout the season and, and as programs continue to get better, and, and he's right there in that group as one of the good guys in coaching and one of the really good coaches in coaching. So um, uh, congratulations to Jeremy Heart- Adolphson and all those guys. Heartbreak Hotel for the Titans. We, we, we're mean, not focusing on the negative. No, but – I mean, you look at that. Heartbreak Addison, Hotel. <laughs> Addison Fletcher, 220 yards passing. Jamani Skinner had a big day touchdown reception, 150 yards. Crazy JC, play at the end JC of the half. Self. Did you see this? I've, I've, seen, awesome. I've heard about the hook and ladder. It was yeah. awesome. you got to love it. The 81 title, the 81 AFC Divisional Playoff, the Dolphins of the Chargers, same thing. <laughs> hook there, and ladder at the end of the first there's half. high school kids listening to that. They're doing whoo, right no, over no their idea. head. No, but, um, yeah, great game and great finish. Go ahead. I didn't want to interrupt yeah, you, but that, right. that hook and ladder was fantastic. Yeah, it was a uh, great play for the Titans. They were up, and then it just got – they just gave up a touchdown at the end and lost by four. But, you know, like I said, heartbreak hotel for them, but they had a great season. And, uh, you know, it's going to be sad to see Fletcher and Skinner and, the, uh, and a lot of those seniors go, but they had a great season. I believe Addison Fletcher is a junior. 
I'm not positive. Hey, boy, then I supered him wrong. But <laughs> well, it wouldn't be the first time I did something wrong. But I believe Fletcher is a senior or is a junior. But with that being said, there's there's a, 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 a great senior class that did a lot for that program. Hats off to them. And, and these guys that continue to, to play will get the taste of a successful season, and they will uh, – Obviously, build for the future. So hats off to and, and and Greg, you know you know Jeremy very well. You know Clay Chadelson very well, and yep. and you'll let go. I'm sure just a super good dude. Yeah, and uh, you know it's like uh, we referenced the past couple weeks that you know Jeremy's made no bones about it that you know his goal is to bring Monmouth Roseville up to that you know that level of like a Sterling Newman where you know they see the front the name on the front of your jersey and. There's just an intimidation factor going in. They want to be that program that is referenced year in and year out in the playoff time. And like Daz, like you pointed out, you know, a quarterfinal run, the way they did it, it goes a long way in, in getting there. And now hopefully you can get sustained success and find some kids who buy in and, uh, you know, continue this thing rolling in the right direction. Boys, you can help me, but if he graduates in 2019, he's a senior, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, he's so he's a senior. And great great community. But maybe we can petition for a fifth season, right? <laughs> no? All right. Great effort, though, from the stir- from the Monmouth community coming around. Free and, pizza, and, free and, tickets. And following that team and, you know, being part of that run to the quarterfinals, that's what – Agreed. That's what high school sports is about also. That's one of those things that high school sports is so great about. The community buys in. They all know those kids, and they and they went and backed them to the hilt. To the hilt. To the hilt. To the <laughs> to the hilt. Um, and two A, <laughs> congratulations to both Orion and, and Newman on fantastic seasons. Great programs, great coaches, um, better people, and Coach Paposi and, and Coach Filler and um, we were like Greg, you said we were in Orion, and, and hats off to Eastland Pearl City. They played a fantastic football game. Um, they, some mistakes uh, late in the first half maybe cost them staying in that game a little bit longer. But nevertheless, uh, Orion finishes a, a special run, eleven and one of the season, a trip to the state quarterfinals. And and listening to Coach Filler after the game, talking to those boys, it's what high school football is all about. I mean, this hurt right now, and he gets that, but they have a ton to be proud of for the season. Um, it was a special group. I know he was very close to these young men, and so a lot of tears. A lot of a lot of uh, dropped heads, a lot of sadness, but uh, those guys got a lot to be proud of. Orion had a special season. Yeah, they they did, they've done a lot for their uh, for their high school program, um, both at Orion and Newman. You know, they both had great seasons, and they just you know the offense just deserted them at the wrong time. But um, you know, you look at Orion, the the amount of success they had, not only this season but previous seasons, and what they've done. You know, the quarterback of Dawson Schollenberg, the running of Seth West. The play of Logan Lee before he was uh, injured. Newman, you look at the great linebackers, Luke Olson, Connor McBride, all those great players on offense. And uh, they've in the last few years they've had at Newman, great play and you know great coaching and great players. And you know at some point sad to see it end, but uh, and it's in the quarterfinals for those two. And you know, Orion and Newman. It's hard, but man, there is no shame in losing in the state quarterfinals in the bracket that you that you played in. Gibson City, Melvin Sibley, Sterling Newman, Orion, and Lanark, East and Eastland Pearl City. Those four teams going into last week combined had one loss, and it was Newman who lost to Orion. So I mean, it's yeah. just like you look at the the firepower that is in that bracket, and now that's moving on in Gibson City and Eastland Pearl City. I mean, it's just. Though, I mean, you know, hats, off, hats off to both those programs. They're both dominant programs. Um, each one won state titles recently. Gibson City, Melvin Sibley won it a year ago, and they seem like they are primed for another state title run this year. 
Um, and Eastland Pearl City, I think me and Dazzle both left being very impressed. Yeah, they ran the ball hard. They played tough defense. The Kempel twins. Yeah, they were. Jaden and Jared. Yeah, they, yeah, they they were a load. They you know they were a force, and they come out of that Northwest Upstate Illini that's a great conference. And I don't I don't want to say it, but it's also hard to think like, man, if Logan Lee could have been in there, you know, you, you hate to think that way. And I'm sure that that's crossed the minds of many people in Orion. But it, it's boy, he was the, itching. He was itching to get back in there. You could I talk I to him at halftime. We talked to him at halftime, and yeah, yeah feel bad he was he was hoping to get back sooner than later and all that kind of stuff. So, um, congratulations to Orion and Newman. Congratulations to. to the good part about Logan Lee is we get to cover him for four years at Iowa, so that's a, a fun thing to look forward to as well. Um, both programs, uh, fantastic season. So we are left with Sterling. We wish them the best of luck. Um, we also want to thank, real quick, we kind of did this last week as well, but um, luckily at least one of our teams won, so we could do another podcast. But if we don't do another podcast this year, uh, um, thank you to everybody who listens to this. We've gotten great feedback all season. We appreciate it. We appreciate the coaches. We appreciate the uh, the, the feedback that we do get from the fans as well. Um, we're just three, four, with cuffs here four dudes that like to talk about high school football and like to cover high school sports and 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 we put microphones in front of our faces and we enjoy doing this nobody has to listen and they've chosen to listen the first time and continue to listen which is which is is cool to know as well so um we thank you guys for listening as well and 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 boy let's look for for cuff me and greg on the sidelines in the Sterling on, on Saturday? I There's there's word that Pearson might be making his way Woo! out there as well. So I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he, I he was at least toying with the idea. The four I horsemen. I would I would love to get a picture with the four of us like you guys have with Bully. <laughs> kind of yeah. replace Bully, give Bully the boot. I'll be the new four <laughs> horsemen. Better hope, he's not you better hope he's not listening to that. I hope Chip Filler's listening because there's, <laughs> there's our old uh, wrestling reference for him for one week. So, um, all right, Sterling, best of luck. Um, we will see you guys up there on Saturday. We'll have things fully covered, including some mic'd up from Coach Slummer coming up on Saturday on WQAD. Um, go Golden Warriors, and we will hopefully talk to you guys next week.